wasn't that a fantastic way to hear the story again, right? Let's give him another round of applause. <clears throat> a special thanks to Lori and her team of parents and helpers and family and all that you did. So good, the greatest story ever told. I want to wrap up this part of our program just with a short focus on a particular part of that story. You notice that it was said several times, this phrase, do not be afraid, do not be afraid. Very familiar phrase. We even heard it from David before we got started in the reading that he shared with us. And then, of course, one of the shepherds said, yeah, we've heard that the last 24 hours. Why that phrase? Why that phrase? In fact, it didn't just happen on Christmas night, but we all know, perhaps, that um, months before this happened, when Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, who we heard about, was doing his job in the temple, a job he only did once a year and a job that he did alone, uh, his duties were interrupted by an angel, another messenger from heaven, who said, first thing, do not be afraid. Then not too much later, Mary was at home, perhaps getting ready for bed, maybe by herself again, and an angel showed up and first said a greeting to her that was pretty spectacular, but then the very next phrase was, do not be afraid. And then not too long after that, uh, Joseph was wrestling with, wow, what is going on? Mary's pregnant. I don't understand. What should I do? Trying to discern what would be best, what would be loving for Mary. And another messenger shows up for him. And the first thing the messenger says is, do not be afraid. And then finally, we heard it tonight and we saw it rehearsed. They, all of the shepherds are gathering, again, just kind of doing their job. They're out at night, who knows what, talking about the day, playing cards, telling shepherd jokes, whatever those are. And they hear it again. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Why is this phrase so prolific in the story of Jesus and his coming? I think there's a couple of reasons. One is because... I kind of already mentioned it, but the moments in which these messengers shows up, no one is expecting them. They are doing what they always do, especially Zechariah. I can't imagine what it was like to be that priest who went into this most holy place by himself and just did this thing he's done most of his life with no one there, but yet with a sense of reverence about God. Uh, the tradition says that they would tie a rope to that priest's ankle and put bells around him just in case he died in the presence of God because he did something wrong. The bells would ring and then you'd know it's time to grab the rope and pull him out. Don't know if it ever happened, but that's the mood that he might have been in. And this angel visits him and says, do not be afraid, quite startled. I think another reason that these messengers always bring this to the beginning of their message, do not be afraid, is because they know that the message they are bringing are shocking. They're a huge surprise. God is interrupting daily life and daily ritual with really fantastic and unbelievable news. And so just the natural human response is uh, disorientation. I don't know what's going on. I'm, I don't know if I can listen. I'm so startled by what's happening. And it was kind of a call into reality. Hey, take a breath. Do not be afraid. I think there's one more reason. I think fear is a bit of a human disposition. We are able in our culture and in our community to move along pretty well through our days, not engaging fear a lot, but we are probably a unique country in that way. Many people are confronted daily with realities of fear. Think of places around the world today where fear is the daily mood, what is daily felt, very difficult places. 
And this is the beauty of the coming of Jesus. As Daniel said, we have these four gifts that we celebrate that Jesus brought to us. The first gift that we celebrate is a gift of peace. Peace is a gift from God that helps us deal with things from the past that make us afraid. Relationships that have been hard or that have not gone well. Things that we've done and maybe we've regretted. We wish we hadn't done them. We wish it would happen, would have happened differently. Or perhaps things that were done to us that leave us unsettled and fearful. So Jesus came with an incredible gift to meet that need in us, the gift of peace. Peace within us, peace between us, and peace between us and God. The second gift that we celebrate is the gift of hope. Hope speaks into the future. Over the last couple of years, it's been a little different around here, hasn't it? And there have been more reasons to kind of wonder what's coming next? What are we up for? What's happening? Our hope can, our future can seem uncertain. And certainly there are people in other parts of the country, again, whose stories are so much more challenging than ours and for whom hope seems very evasive. So Jesus brings the gift of hope. But what about our present? Peace speaks to our past and hope speaks to our future. How does Jesus gift us in the present? And of course, we talked about that gift and it's come up a lot tonight. And that's the gift of joy. Joy in the moment. Joy in the moment. God is with us. We are not alone. Even if we might feel alone, even if physically we are alone, God says through Jesus Christ, I am with you. If you need strength, I'll provide it. My joy will be your strength. And I think many of us in this room could share stories that would say, yeah, I know what that looks like. The joy of the Lord is my strength. This too is a gift. But Paul tells us that the greatest of all the gifts is the gift that we are talking about tonight. The gift for which candle we lit, the gift of love. Love is what gives it purpose. Love is what gives us a reason to be joyful and to be at peace and to have hope because we have relationship. It was said very early on in the creation of man or humanity for that matter, it's not good for humans to be alone. And I certainly resonate with that reality. It's not good for Rick to be alone. <laughs> Rick needs to be with people. But being with people is hard. And being with people can create difficult situations. And sometimes in our adult life, we find that maybe we don't want to be with people or we don't want to be with certain people. And our, and our lives can become complicated and fear can set in. But this is where the love of God is so critical. You won't find any of these gifts under your Christmas tree tonight or tomorrow. But we found them here tonight as we've gathered, singing worship songs and being told the greatest story ever by such beautiful, special children. <clears throat> so what about the gift of love? Just one thing I want to say tonight because so much could be said, and that's this. John, the disciple of Jesus, not John the Baptist, but John, the disciple of Jesus, said this much later in his life. God is love, and whoever holds on to love holds on to God, and God holds on to them. By this, love becomes perfected in us. There is no fear in love, but perfect love makes fear go away. 
Let me read that last line again. There is no fear in love, but perfect love makes fear go away. Jesus makes our fears go away by telling us that he's with us. And Jesus makes our fears about the future go away by giving us the hope that he's coming back and that he will make things right and that he will provide for us the kind of home that we only imagine now but can never seem to quite grasp. God has given us a tremendous imagination and it's impossible in this life for that imagination to be fulfilled. But the time is coming and that is our hope. Jesus is coming to take us to a new heaven and a new earth. Jesus has come to drive away fear. Just for a moment in this special Christmas Eve gathering, I want you to open up your own thoughts for a moment and your own hearts and ask God, do I need you to drive fear away for me, even tonight? Underneath, what's going on? Are you experiencing the fullness of the peace of God? I hope so. I hope that's true. Are you experiencing the fullness of the peace that Jesus brings? Our relationships, and is your soul at peace? Are you experiencing joy? Not because circumstances are good, or not because there's a lot under the tree, but because inside your soul there's a settling, there's a belonging, there's the knowledge that God loves me, that Jesus is with me by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you can say not quite or actually no to any of those questions, this is a good moment during these next couple of songs to lift that up to God and say, would you please as you did before, do again for me tonight and come and take away my fear. Let me experience in my soul now in the presence of God and his people and in the midst of songs of worship, the love of God. And let him take away that fear 